Welcome to Brave Dynamics. Leadership is harder than it looks. As a proven founder and Harvard MBA, I interview courageous entrepreneurs, executives, and investors every week. I also share my frontline experiences, coaching insights, and own professional development journey. If you're stepping up as a new leader, founding a startup, or venturing into the great unknown, this is the podcast for you. In this episode, Jeremy reflects on his education journey leading up to a Harvard MBA. He shares what he learned at Harvard Business School and his favorite moments there. We hope that this reflection will be useful for you as you consider whether an MBA is the right choice for you. It's so great to have you, Jeremy. You know, your journey to the Harvard MBA has been such an incredible one. Many of us, like me, are so interested in what that journey looked like for you. Could you share with us more about it? Thanks, Adriel. It's a privilege to be able to have this journey. And I'm so happy to be able to share my journey with everybody so that they get to make a choice for themselves about what they want to do. My educational journey starts in junior college, which is high school. At that time, I thought that I wanted to be a medical vaccine researcher. And so I was studying biology, chemistry, and was on the pre-medical track. Unfortunately, I had a personal loss in that time and I was very distraught and I actually spent my time there grieving and just processing what that loss was to me. One of the unfortunate consequences as a result was that I ended up doing poorly academically and had terrible grades at the A-levels and I didn't have any university offers. Uh, my time in the army, you know, was a great experience and, you know, it's its own story. And during that time, I actually got to have the time and space to complete grieving, but also to reflect on what I wanted to do on the path ahead. One of those decisions was that I wanted to go to university. So I started wrapping my head around what it meant to apply to universities. Uh, during my reflection, I basically reflected that I needed to improve my academic track record. I saw the opportunity and was considering whether to retake my A-levels as some people were doing or whether to study for the SATs. So I decided to study for the SATs and ended up doing a ton of work. <laughs> and it was an interesting challenge because while I was in the army, you're obviously engaged with the cadence from Reveille to your operation, to your time at the barracks, to you know doing map planning, to late nights. Figuring out how to study the SATs at a time was an incredible challenge because it's priority number two, number three, number four, compared to everything else that's in the military life. I would you know have my SAT prep books. And I would, you know, cut them up, you know, into 10 or 20 pages each and put them inside a Ziploc so that I could carry them into the jungle for the field exercises. We would be in a trench or, you know, we'll be sleeping in the rain or just, you know, getting food to eat. And during those times, I would be reading it in the waterproof Ziploc bags and I would study them by torchlight. And when... We had the opportunity to book out. I would sometimes stay in camp just to read the SAT and practice the questions. So I used that time to apply to both Singaporean 
and American universities and also put together the, you know, recommendation letters uh, from my teachers. That was this uh, good experience where I got to do all those things. So I had decided to focus on my second best subject, which was economics. At the time, I applied to universities that had a stronger economics bent, and I was able to get into UC Berkeley, which was this you know, incredible opportunity for me and very honored to be able to have that opportunity. I went in thinking that I would become an economics researcher because I had wanted to be a vaccine researcher. So now I was just, you know, changing just the topic. Before I hit it out, I actually had the opportunity to meet an alumnus from UC Berkeley. And she pretty much told me, hey, you know, based on what you told me, you, you know, really care about economics in one way, but you also really care about your background in medical work and helping out through your volunteerism work. So make sure you check out this student group called the Berkeley Group, where it does that. And I had no idea what it was. So I went to UC Berkeley and started out as a freshman. And I found out that the Berkeley Group was, quote unquote, you know, management consulting group for the social sector. I remember the first case interview where, you know, it was a tough question that they'll give me a business problem. They asked me, hey, Jeremy, how would you basically distribute, you know, 100,000 doses of vaccine? <laughs> across the city and distribute them for the best effectiveness and coverage and fairness and equity and all these other things. To be frank, I aced that interview, not because I knew how to do a management consulting case interview, but because I had so much prior interest and exposure to medical vaccines. And so I was very lucky to be accepted by that group as a result. And I got to do a lot of social impact consulting and learned a lot about what it meant to work with just so many incredible nonprofit and social enterprise leaders in the Bay Area. We you know, got to work with the re-entry ex-convict population from a healthcare perspective. I got to work with fundraising and operations for a home that helped shelter domestic abuse survivors, as well as to work with the San Francisco Unified School District. And so I got a ton of exposure and saw that I actually enjoyed the work of actually bringing those research skills uh, and applying that in a way that was more action-oriented and ended up doing many projects during my time in university while also adding a business degree as my double major at a high school of business. I remember that I was weighing what to do and my mentors in my club actually recommended that I explore corporate management consulting uh, as my internship for the next step. I went off to apply to multiple consulting organizations and had the opportunity to be accepted into Bain and went there as an intern. While I was there, I actually saw that many people were applying to Harvard Business School for an MBA, and many people were also returning from the Harvard Business School to be a consultant at Bain. During those conversations with them, that's when I realized that it was an incredible opportunity and that's when I started lining up the recommendation letters, the GMAT test results, and eventually put everything together so that in my senior year, I actually applied for an early admissions under the HBS 2 plus 2 program and was able to receive an offer letter from Harvard Business School in my senior year, in my last semester at school. That's when I went back to Bain built a business on the side, and then bootstrapped that out, exited the business, 
and then eventually went to Harvard Business School between 2015 to 2017. And it was an incredible experience where I got a ton of learning and also built some lifelong friendships that I have to this day. Wow, what an incredible journey, Jeremy. How did it feel when you got the MBA offer? It felt incredible. You know, at that time, I had chosen to graduate early in three and a half years because of how expensive school fees are as an international student. I was already packing up to leave. I was packing my room and all my friends had, you know, already gone back home to, you know, their parents' home. I remember, you know, waking up uh, in, in bed in an empty house. I opened up my email on my phone and saw that I received an offer and I was so happy. It just felt so incredibly great and also very humbling to also have that offer because suddenly you kind of got to understand like how rare the opportunity really was at that moment. And I felt that resolution myself to figure out how to do better or do more with this opportunity. For the few friends who still happen to be nearby <laughs> or live nearby, we went out near the campus to get dinner at a local restaurant. It sure sounds like it was an incredible day for you, Jeremy. I'm sure many of us would be curious what your time at HBS was like. Could you share with us more about that? I often tell people about the three things that I learned at HBS. The first is really that huge exposure across industries, geographies, and leadership problems. Harvard focuses on using the case study method, which is a debate around a set of known facts that they have published and collated for your behalf. So we get to hear these incredible company profiles of the top players and the startups and the challenger companies in so many different industries and geographies. You know, one day you're working on, like, you know, the diamond mining industry, and suddenly next you're talking about how to tackle inequality uh, in society to a fashion brand <laughs> back in the 1950s. There's a huge amount uh, of opportunity to dive deep into uh, the role of the protagonist and think from their perspective that if you knew what they knew at that time, what decisions would you make and how would you make those decisions and debate that with so many other great people in the room. So that lets you just have an incredible amount of exposure uh, and knowledge about things that you just would never have learned on your own <laughs> or chosen to learn on your own as well. I think the second thing is you get these incredibly deep conversations with you know, high-performing peers all the other students are people who have strived and worked hard and they've worked at Unilever or venture capital or in logistics and they come from different countries as well with their own upbringing and journeys. So in the classroom, we'll be having this robust debate where everybody would bring in their own point of view and debate you know, the pros and cons uh, and the different strategies uh, to tackle the problem. I learned so much from my peers and I learned so much from having my point of view getting challenged by them. And to this day, I actually continue to think to myself, hey, what would Brandon say and do in this situation? And what would Damon say and do in this situation? They have a different point of view and a different angle of attack. And the last thing was I got to you know, deepen my own skill set and networks. I've always been passionate about technology and innovation 
and just been fascinated by how the world continues to change faster and faster. So I took the opportunity to learn from some incredible professors. One of the professors, of course, was you know, Clayton Christensen. He was the professor who developed the theory of disruptive innovation. So when we talk about yeah, this company is disrupting Apple, this company is disrupting Microsoft or General Electric, you know, he coined that word. And he did it under the book called Innovator's Dilemma. I remember reading about him where an economist would say that he was like the most influential management thinker of the time. And I remember reading about how Steve Jobs felt like this was the only business book that deeply influenced him. You know, I got the opportunity to learn from his course about that and how companies are disrupted by new challenges, but also how new challenges choose to disrupt incumbents and the whole ecosystem of ideas around that. There was this incredible opportunity to sharpen my point of view and map what I was seeing in the world onto this framework. And also to see how this framework fell short, you know, or succeeded in explaining reality. And another angle of how I developed my own skill set and time through this exposure was that I also got to hear him speak about this book uh, called How Will You Measure Your Life, which is a great way of thinking about how, as business leaders, how do we balance our responsibilities to our friends and our family and society? That was just an incredible personal education about the various roles and the way that we wanted to solve those problems in a more responsible way. So overall, those were the three things I learned at HBS. Again, that huge cross-industry, cross-geography, cross-leadership exposure, the great conversations with incredible peers. And lastly, just the opportunity to deepen and pressure test my own skills and process. Wow, that sounds like such an incredible learning environment to be in. What was life outside of the classroom? You know, life outside the classroom was just really amazing. So many things to do. You know, one day we would have a great, you know, CEO come by for a fireside chat. Another day, a friend would be hosting a you know, dinner conversation at their home. Another day, a club would bring back some alumni to speak on a panel about the latest technology trends. And the list just goes on and on and on. There's so many resources, you know, you could speak to the career services officer, you could go to the library and, you know, do research on companies and case studies, or you could grab coffee with a professor who wasn't teaching a class because they'll be open to talking to you. Because of this incredible amount of resources, I had to also learn how to choose and be intentional about what I would do that day and be present, you know, for whatever I was doing. You know, a fun fact is that the phrase formal fear of missing out was actually created at Harvard Business School to explain uh, the experience. A few of the ages of that paralysis around what to do that day, right? I remember having to sit down and write down on a piece of paper what I wanted to get out of my time and, you know, two years and, you know, really kind of like put pen to paper around the self-awareness about what I wanted to do with my life and what experiences would actually let me get there. I remember that for me, I wanted to prioritize two things. I wanted to prioritize deep conversations where I got the opportunity to get to know people on a deeper level than just like pure networking. 
And the second thing was I wanted to understand how technology and its intersection with bettering society. And so I would go to these events that let me understand how technology was changing the world and also how to change the world for better. And those were the set of experiences that I had, and I really enjoyed it. That was such a great overview of the educational and social aspects of Harvard Business School. I'm so curious, what was your most memorable moment there? I think the most memorable experience was getting the opportunity to work on a consulting project in Istanbul, Turkey. We were put together as a team to redesign the customer experience and stores for a very large consumer retail store chain. We got opportunity to learn about design thinking, but also practice that alongside all of the classic analysis that we had to do. And we were looking at how to optimize the store for more footfall and to optimize the in-store experience. And so we got to do these you know, field interviews and customer intercepts and interviews of employees to come together with a set of recommendations about how to redesign those stores. And we were doing all of that while we were in the middle of this extraordinarily beautiful city that was so unfamiliar to all of us. All of us had no experience being in Istanbul. Of course, we got the opportunity to eat great food and learn the cultural norms and understand the local culture, as well as like volunteer at local organizations. And during that time, I got an opportunity to also work alongside with great Harvard MBA students who are just extraordinary team members. I got to bond with them and laugh at you know, the various obstacles that we encountered and actually built really strong friendships. One of them continues to be a strong lifelong friend as well for myself. I remember we were so lucky to have the opportunity to take the elevator to the top floor which is the CEO's office, uh, which had this incredible view of the skyline uh, and he had a telescope in the office. And we got the opportunity to present our recommendations. And he was like, great, let's execute it. And all the hard work that we had done from mapping out the store to you know, prototyping you know, an iPhone app to demoing it for them, all of that was just so smooth. We got an opportunity to take a group photo at the end and we were so surprised to learn that we were in Turkish newspapers after that. It was just a great learning experience, again, to learn the local culture, to learn retail, to do an optimization project, to make new friends, and to present to a CEO about the business case. So those are just incredible social experience and also incredible learning experience for myself. I think you have shared a very great overview of what life could be like at Harvard Business School. For those who are keen to apply to Harvard Business School, what advice or resources would you point them towards? I get that question a lot uh, from prospective MBA applicants, as well as from my peers who are kind of curious about what their process is. However, knowing what I know now, I find that the school really prioritizes academic and professional achievements your GMAT, and your career aspirations. What I counsel people to do is to sit down and think through about why they want to do an MBA and to be intentional about how it fits with their career aspirations because having an MBA may not be useful for everybody based on the career path. And conversely, many people's career journey could benefit from an MBA program. Having that awareness really helps you tighten your journey and helps you think through and will shine throughout the entire application. 
based on their self-awareness, it's much easier to therefore be more intentional about how you achieve your academic and professional achievements. It also allows you to be more intentional about thinking through how to apply for your GMAT and how much to study for it. And all those things, I think, together will actually play a much larger role in sharing your actual journey. So I always tell people to focus on the concrete parts of the journey first and the application package later. Another thing I often share in terms of the resources is that Harvard and other top MBA programs are need blind. And so they are very focused on making sure that financials are not a barrier for a promising person to get in. I think it's a huge concern and an understandable concern about the cost of the MBA and the opportunity cost in terms of earnings. What I share is that these schools have substantial scholarships, grants, and financial aid. There's also plenty of on-campus employment opportunities to supplement your income as well. These schools really want to meet people, and I tell people, like, hey, give it a shot. And if you get in, there's an incredible way to further your academic and professional career. Lastly, there's a great online site called Poise and Quants. They have a ton of articles and resources about how to get in, the experiences of student life, great professors to take classes with, and all of those things really let you have a wealth of information that is just huge. And I find that the, that site alone has more information for the average prospective student than I did back in you know, 2011 in applying where I had to go to the bookstore and buy a book to understand what the process is. So I think that site is, has more than enough uh, and you can be reading it for like weeks. Wow, thanks so much for sharing everything you did today, Jeremy. It was so great to learn more about Harvard Business School and its admissions process from you. I really enjoyed listening about what your favorite moment at Harvard Business School was. Thanks so much, Adriel. 